Hi, welcome back. My name is Christine, and you're listening to Politic. This is our episode 6, part 2 of the series Get Up and Vote. We would like to give some context to our listeners, so let's start with three short questions. What is the definition of apathy? Why is it boring? And what does apathy is boring do? Hi, my name is Sam Roosh. I'm the Research and Evaluations Manager at Apathy is Boring. Um, Apathy is Boring is a national, nonpartisan, youth-led organization, and we work to engage young people, our peers, in Canada's democracy. Um, so apathy is generally defined as a state of indifference or a lack of interest. Um, in the context of our work, it refers to the large-scale retreat of young people in this country from our democratic processes, um, primarily around elections. The narrative around this tends to be that young people simply don't care about politics, um, but we tend to think that it goes a lot deeper than that, and there are so many barriers that young people face to engagement, and we want to see a system where we feel we have power to make change in our communities um, and in our provinces and in the country as a whole. Elections are always an important time for society in places like Puerto Rico. It's a national holiday, which makes for a higher voter turnout. How do you think our current policy approach towards voting day is affecting or benefiting people's ability to vote? When it comes to our current policy approach towards voting day, um, I think it's important to remember that there are so many different ways that um, a citizen can vote in Canada. Um, I think that electoral management bodies like Elections Canada are always trying to make sure that as many people who choose to vote um, can do so. So that can include, um, you know, the addition this time, the sort of the, the scaling up of the on-campus voting program, which um, we had uh, polling stations on over 110 campuses uh, nationwide this election um, that allowed young people to vote in any riding in Canada in which they were registered, uh, which is a really important um, barrier for some students as they've moved to a new city recently or might still be registered sort of in their home riding where their parents live. Um, there's also advanced polls which are open to anyone um, and those just closed up on the 14th of October. Um, and though that was an option that was sort of clearly marked on your uh, voter information card that you received in the mail. And then obviously having extended hours on election day itself. So Canada does have a lot of options for folks to, um, to vote should they choose to. I think it becomes a question of um, how aware people are of those options and whether or not we're able to communicate that it's not just on election day. Um, and so an important piece of that would be related to then civic education, right, in this country and, and education around the electoral process in Canada. So civic education actually varies wildly in this country um, as it's something that's generally controlled by um, each individual province. So it's not just an awareness of how the electoral process works or the policy around the electoral process, but also understanding that there is a um, there is a civic education component that allows people to actually then engage with the system further, which is not always a, a policy that people think about, but is crucial. Historically, Indigenous people have been barred from partic 
partaking in the elections process, even those who have been veterans of the World War I and World War II. Many also consider voting as a colonial process and may be less likely to vote. How do you think we can change policy regarding voting to increase Indigenous participation? So an important thing to understand is that in Canada, um, like most Western democracies, um, our democracy wasn't built to engage everyone. Uh, and in fact, historically, it was actually built to deliberately shut out certain voices, um, especially Indigenous peoples, to this land. So um, it's important to acknowledge in this work that, that different groups face different barriers to engagement. Um, and it's also important that we acknowledge that there's no one solution that will magically solve uh, the problems that are deeply embedded in our institutions. Many barriers to electoral participation don't start and end at, at policy related to electoral administration itself. Um, I think this is a common misconception. They are deeply intertwined with broader systemic injustice um, that, that sort of manifests during elections as disengagement um, and lack of participation. Uh, these barriers must be addressed in a much deeper way to have um, the long-term impact and actually engage those people who face um, these lived realities. Our current election system has been drawn from the UK parliamentary system, meaning parties must get a specific amount of representatives elected to obtain 100% of the power for a majority government. In 2015, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau promised to have electoral reform as part of his campaign platform to change from representative first past the post to proportional representation. What are the benefits and drawbacks of changing the way our democracy works? So as a nonpartisan organization, we don't tend to comment on the specifics around um, partisan platforms or policies. Um, however, I think it's important to note when it comes to democratic reform that whichever system we're working under, it's important uh, that we remember that many of the barriers faced by young people, um, es especially young people and, and electors who tend to participate less, can and should be addressed regardless of the system that's in place. So we can improve civic education and do a better job of prioritizing issues related to those communities, related to youth um, or different elector groups, and ensure that young people are heard within the system that we have already in place. Canadians generally have four main parties for whom they vote for, including Liberal Party, NDP, Conservative Party, and Green Party. However, at the federal level, only the Liberal and Conservative parties have held power for the past 20 years. What do you think keeps Canadians from branching out into other parties? So again, as a nonpartisan organization, we tend to not uh, comment directly on the partisan um, realities of Canadian politics. However, um, it's important to note that there's actually many registered Canadian parties, um, and anyone is able to register a party with Elections Canada uh, and run in an election. We also have two high-profile independent races uh, candidates this election. Um, so there, there is a lot of diversity, I think, more than maybe we realize in terms of who is actually able to run in our elections. Um, the availability of resource to those candidates and, and that sort of thing, perhaps, um, is important to note. However, we do have a wide field in terms of um, candidates in this election. How do you think scandals and media plays into drifting the conversation away from policy? 
I think we underestimate the media's ability to uh, set the narrative around politics and around, um, you know, especially things like youth participation uh, and and sort of the, the stories that we tell ourselves about our country and about who's participating and who's making decisions. Um, barriers faced by youth uh, can include a sense that sort of, quote unquote, all parties are the same or... Um, politicians don't care about people like me and sort of these deeply held and deeply embedded ideas about who is um, who belongs within that political system. Uh, we, we happen to know that young people care very deeply about issues. So um, the issue then becomes is that they don't always necessarily connect those issues to formal political channels and formal political spaces uh, in ways that make elections feel meaningful to their day-to-day -day lives. And I think the media has a critical role to play in engaging citizens and informing them as, as to how the policies and promises of election campaigns can actually be related to someone's day-to-day -day life. Um, and I think they also, on the other side, they, ha they do have a, a, an important role to play in holding politicians and the system accountable. Um, but I think there's a difficult balance there because there's also should be awareness that sometimes these narratives that get pushed around scandal and around um, sort of the, the back and forth between different parties and different candidates or leaders, um, it's important to know that that can also deepen disengagement for some folks. So keeping a balance there, I think, is something that the media could do to better, uh, better engage people into the system, while also reflecting engagement um, back to groups who tend to participate less, like youth, instead of perpetuating the narrative that young people don't care, for example. Youth are the largest voting bloc in this election. For many of us, it will be our first time voting federally. What do you recommend we do to make sure our vote is informed and our issues is addressed? So when it comes to informing yourself about the election, there are so many resources available on uh, the different party platforms or different ideas that the uh, parties and candidates have put forward. There are resources like Polonize, uh, which is available online. Likewise, with um, resources from the CBC or McLean's or many news organizations who um, are taking the platforms and synthesizing them into sort of explainers or, um, or sort of more accessible resources than the platform documents themselves. Um, if you're not sure where to start, there's always the Vote Compass quiz, which can give you a really good sense of where your personal beliefs line up with the parties, and that's easy to find online. Um, it's hosted on the CBC website. Um, when it comes to the election, we tend to have an issue of um, sort of a chicken and the egg negative cycle that we're trying to break. So we've seen youth voter turnout declining since about the 1970s. Um, and as that turnout has declined, um, politicians have paid less and less attention to young people during election periods. And then in turn, young people have showed up even less. So we need to break this negative cycle to enact systemic change as to how young people relate to the election. Um, and it can be difficult to feel engaged, especially if you don't see yourself reflected in the platforms and promises of the parties, or if you feel like your vote won't impact the outcome in your immediate riding. But even if that's the case, it should be said that people do pay attention to the youth vote. The media, politicians, parties, they're paying attention. And it impacts 
how they build, how politicians and parties build their platforms and the promises that make, they make and who they decide to engage with during the election and in between elections. So to have our voices heard, it's important that we send a signal that we're paying attention. The outcome will impact you either way, but we can start to shift the conversation just by proving that we care by showing up. Um, and voting is an important part of democratic engagement, but it's not the only way to get involved. Uh, we need youth involved in all aspects of strengthening our democracy. That includes you know, just staying up to date on current events, engaging each other within communities um, about the issues that we care about, about solutions um, to those problems. Uh, and we need people engaging in activism. We need people engaging in community-based organizations and also at, um, at a higher level within government itself, whether that's as a candidate or as a, as a civil servant. So it's important that we engage young people in all of those areas, and it starts with voting, but it doesn't end there. Thank you, Samantha, for giving your opportunity to be in this podcast for our series, Get Up and Vote for the Federal Elections. And as you know, only a few days coming up in terms of the elections, our listeners would like to get more of your info if they're interested in reaching out with the organization so would you mind giving us more information on that to stay in touch and learn more about apathy is boring you can visit our website at www.apathyisboring.com or follow us on facebook instagram or twitter at apathy is boring